Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. This podcast was recorded at our last gathering. Teaching like this is how we worship together every other week. We look to the scriptures seeking to become more like Christ. We're glad you're listening. Yeah, so we have been in a bit of a really fun conversation over the last few weeks. Uh, We kicked off September talking about the vision of Renew, and we've been sort of slowing down enough to pay attention to who we are, who we sense, who who God is, who who we sense He's calling us to be, um, and what we sense we're called to as a community to be about. And so simply put, we are a people who are loved by a good, good Father. We have been rescued, reconciled, and redeemed. Uh, When we were stuck in the patterns of sin and death, Jesus comes and gives us life through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. And the best part is it gets better. It doesn't just stop there. Not only have we been rescued, reconciled, and redeemed, but he calls us to join with him in the renewal of all things. And he renews our identity He gives us life and life abundantly. He sends us his Holy Spirit to comfort us, to speak to us, to guide us. He redefines the term family for us. And he calls us to go into our neighborhoods and jobs and friendships, sharing this incredible hope that we have. Amen. And so last gathering, Ben started us on the journey as we, speak, we are speaking directly to an anchoring image that we as a community have been using for many years. And it's this image of these three overlapping circles, uh, the in, the out, and the up. And we added a width to it, and that, should, that kind of like encompasses all of them because we sense that this is important. So the idea is um, in is really a conversation about formation. Um, Back when I was a kid, formation meant read your Bible and pray. We're going to get into that today. Ben led us last gathering. If you were not here, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it. But he talked about what it means to be a community that's focused on the presence of Christ. Um, it is our lifeblood. We cannot survive without it. And if we're not seeking it, we're missing out what it means to be followers of Jesus. And then in a few weeks, we're going to get to mission and we're going to talk about community as well. But this morning, I'm really excited because I have an opportunity to talk about formation. And as a community who is seeking after the heart of God together, we have much work to do. But the hard part about speaking about formation, and I was telling this to Ben earlier, I feel like this is something we've talked about a lot. And so I was like really wrestling with how do I reinvent this? How do I make this more hip and cool? And realizing I can't. It just is hip and cool. And there's really not much I'm going to say that may blow your socks off or anything like that. But what I have to understand is if we are not people who are individually taking time to be formed into the image of Christ, corporately, we can never be formed. And so it's important for us to take our life with God very seriously. I could probably put a period and walk down and save your ears for the next few minutes. But this is what spiritual formation is not. And I want to be really clear. Spiritual formation is not just spiritual stuff. It must be centered and focused on the person of Jesus. Spiritual formation is not compartmentalized. It is holistic. 
if it does not impact my sex life, then it's probably not full spiritual formation. Spiritual formation is not only for the really smart and super holy people, but it's for everybody who answers the call to believe in Jesus. And so this is what spiritual formation is. I found this quote to be really helpful um, until Jeanette blew it up a bunch of years ago and added some words to it. Um, and, but it's this, that spiritual formation is the lifelong process of being. And where Je- Jeanette added it is she were the, the put uh, the word together. Okay, so spiritual formation is the lifelong process of together being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of the world. So this is what spiritual formation is. It is a lifelong process. As the writer of Hebrews says in the beginning of chapter 6, great, you're believers, now let's get going. Because we don't just stop there, but we're called into this new rhythm, this new life with Christ. And I love how the idea of what he is doing in the, in the midst of, of, of all this stuff is he's saying, grow up, wake up to the reality of what God has for you. What this definition helps me to understand too is that we look to Jesus as what it is to be formed into. We're not looking to be formed into somebody else, but we're look, looking to being transformed into the person of Christ that we are created in the image of God, then if we want to understand the full redeemed version of ourselves, the person we need to look at is Jesus. And we are not the end users of what happens in us, but formation actually happens in us and through us. We are not the end users, but it is for the sake of the world. We grow in our spiritual maturity that has a holistic way of reorienting all the parts of our lives so that we can bless the world around us. And as I said earlier, this is not just about um, individual, but it's individual and corporate. Uh, There was this really great article that the House Church Shepherds and I were talking about recently uh, where this guy, and I'm going to paraphrase, but Mark Sayer said, If we want to see communal renewal, it starts with individuals seeking hard after God's heart. And friends, like, I want to see Lansdale transformed. I want to see Souderton and Telford and Harleysville and Hatfield and Schwanksville and all the different areas in which where our community is to be fully transformed by the image of Christ. And I think what happens is that happens when we get hungry about being with Jesus more. Now, here's the problem. The culture in which we live also is working to form us. And here are some of the things that we see the culture forming in us. Uh, anxiety. Anyone ever struggle with anxiety? Anyone ever feel, anyone ever feel anxiety? Okay, a few of us. That's good. Fear. It doesn't take long to look around to sense fear growing up in you. Shame. We are so formed by the power of shame within our culture. When someone does something wrong or bad, we write them off. Uh, We see it happen to our celebrities all around us. It's a wild thing. We are formed by, the culture forms us in uncertainty. We can never figure we really can have any certainty knowing anything well because it's just shifting and changing all the time. One of the things that we are formed to be, and this is, I think this is the most dangerous deformation of who we are as people. It's a four-letter word. It's busy. Our culture 
forms us to be busy, to stay busy, to stay busy enough. I think the enemy, I think what Satan loves to do is keep us so busy that we're distracted from all the miracles that are happening all around us every single day. It's like we need to learn how to do the other four-letter word, which is slow down. Our culture also forms us or deforms us in many, many, many other ways. And have any any of you ever experienced any of these deforming qualities of our culture? No, just me. Okay. But we have to understand that these, and this is just a question, which one of these things is polluting the good things in your life right now? Just take a moment, think about that. Fear, anxiety, shame, uncertainty, busyness. Which one of these things is polluting the good things in your life at the moment? Maybe it's all of them. Maybe it's one of them in particular. What is polluting the good things in your life? My friends, the stream of culture is is toxic. Now, here's the deal. I also believe that it is the playground for the Holy Spirit because there are all these beautiful on-ramps for the gospel, the way we can talk about Jesus and his hope and his freedom and his love and his life when we look at all these different things like anxiety, fear, shame, and uncertainty. Jesus has a lot to say about all of those things. And the people of God, we should be ready to talk about these things. But the stream that the culture is throwing us into is toxic. There's no life in it. It might look good on the surface, but you don't have to look that far underneath to realize there's nothing living in there. There's nothing living that's good. And so as I think about how culture deforms us, I want to take a minute and look at how Jesus forms us or what it is to be formed in the way of Jesus. And I think this passage actually has a lot to speak to us, especially as people who are busy, uh, who are struggling with anxiety and fear and shame and uncertainty. And you guys, have, if you've been around Renew at all, you've probably heard this about 10 times, 10 or 100. But it's this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This passage has been an anchor that has repeatedly brought me back to the center over and over again. It reminds me that I am not designed for multitasking, for busyness, for being overworked and overexhausted. That Jesus longs for wholeness and health, and what that looks like is slowing down. What that looks like is taking time. What it looks like is creating space to understand God and my relationship, the way he wired me, how he formed me into his image, and what it looks like is he's very slowly bringing that image out more and more and more in the times that I spend with him. It's like taking a long walk with a friend. It's like moving from recognizing that Jesus is this slave driver who's trying to get you to do all these things to realizing that he longs for you to live a way that is sustainable, that is healthy, that is whole. And the goal of working with Christ is a life that is free and a life that is light. Because here's the truth. Jesus actually wants to be with you for no other reason than he delights to be with you. 
That sounds so simple and so silly, but yet I am still struggling to get that through my thick skull. That Jesus delights to be with me. He wants to be with me because he just delights in me. This is the beginning of spiritual formation. To recognize that the God of the universe who created the heavens and the earth, who saw us stuck in sin and death, sends his son to live, to die, to be buried, to be resurrected, to be, to be um, brought back, to be ascended into heaven so that we could begin to live this brand new way of life. It's not just about changing our thinking, but it's about changing everything that happens, every way that we look at things. And so my question as I think about this is, what is the picture in your mind when you think of God's face when you show up? Is his face lighting up with excitement because you're there? Is he frustrated and angry because he was keeping watch on how long it's been since the last time you showed up? Is he annoyed by you? Is he frustrated by you? Anything other than his face lighting up is not the God that I'm meeting as I look at Jesus. And it even lights up when he has to correct us, when he has to call us out of sin because only a God who loves us would even dare to call us out of patterns of death and sin in our lives. And so for many of us, for years and years and years and years, what spiritual formation may have looked like is adding more and more to my plate and driving ourselves into the forced rhythms of ungrace. And so we've tried this. Some of us have used the white knuckle approach. There's something in your life that just doesn't feel right. And so you just squeeze it with everything you have and just try your hardest to make sure that you don't mess up. And we call this the, the cycle of religious entrapment. For the guys that are going through men's discipleship, has this, been hap- has this happened yet? Yep. So uh, for those of you that haven't, this is a little preview. Uh, ladies, for those of you that's coming up. Um, but it's this, right? Like I recognize there's something deeply wrong. And so I, I, I you know what, Lord, this time it's going to be different. I'm going to try harder. And we set all these parameters. We get it. It looks really good on paper, like really good on paper. How many of you have journals, like 15 journals that have like three pages in it? You've probably gotten stuck in this too. But we try. We try really hard. We, make, we just see what we can do to, if we can get through this thing. But what happens is when we do all this stuff on our own strength, we find ourselves getting really, really tired. And then when we get tired, we just decide to quit. And then what happens is usually like a week or two weeks or six months or five years later, we recognize that we have quit and then the guilt begins to set in. And then once the guilt sets in, the shame just like a blanket just lays on top of you. And so how do we get out of this? Jesus. We recognize that he's the one who does the work and we show up and we allow him to help us in this living out of a brand new identity and a brand new life. And so some of us also get stuck or we get bored. Anyone ever been bored? Like you've been reading the Bible for so many years, you find yourselves bored? Any, seriously, like just raise your hand. It's okay. Thank you, Lauren. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, or you get stuck. Like, what is it? What's even the reason? What's the purpose behind this? And I, Dennis Bryce has done so many things to, to help challenge and shape my life. But one of the things that I love that he says is we actually need to get bored. Like, that's important. It's important to get bored in that space because that's when something brand new is about to come out. 
Uh, we notice that in relationships. Have any of you ever had phone conversations with people, the same people on a daily basis over and over, and you just find yourself kind of bored in the relationship? And then all of a sudden, like a week or two weeks go by, and then something brand new happens, and they're just like, it just like sucks the two of you in even closer and closer. Like, I think that's the idea. Um, I've been looking at the same, we have a cabin up north, and uh, my uncle owns it, and I've been looking at the same section of river since I've been 15 years old. And so I, I turned 40. I was up there just, uh, just yesterday with my kids. And I've been looking at that same stretch of river for 25 years, and I've gotten bored of it. But then there's these moments when shooting stars happen. And all of a sudden, you just pause, and, or you see the moon coming up over the river in a way that you've never seen it before, and it just like hits you, and you're amazed. Because God has showed up in this really amazing way. Because boredom sometimes leads us to the breakthrough. Because, but what it is is we have to stick with it long enough. I appreciate the scriptures. They take formation really seriously. Have you ever read the Old Testament? Some of us are like, it's the scariest thing in the world. It's really long. There's all these hard names, all these weird places. I get it. But I think what's so beautiful about what we see in the Old Testament, and this is like a real big meta story, but very simply put is we find this amazing way and this beautiful thing right in the smack dab middle of the first five chapters, first five books of the Old Testament, we see the law come. And most of us have used it as a sleeping aid for many years. You know, we've read through Leviticus when we're tired or numbers, and it just like puts us right out. But what's so beautiful is what this is, is the law is not just this set of rules and regulations for whatever. But it's actually God giving these people these life-giving patterns and forms. And this is what it looks like to live life as new people. He takes a group of slaves that had no culture and identity, and he gives them the law to say, this is what it looks like to live into it. And then the law kind of fails us. Like, it doesn't work. And it doesn't mean the law is bad. It teaches us. It points us to something better because we can never actually do this thing well. But it, it informs us. This is what it kind of looks like. And then Jesus comes as the fulfillment of the law. And then that's what we get when we see the person of Christ. That he lives this life in a way that actually fulfills all this stuff. And when we enter into relationship with him, it's like all that he has, he, we get. Which is such a wild thing for me to think about. That what Christ has done on the cross is something that I actually receive. And then we begin to walk that out. If we look at the church, the church got formation. And, and what I appreciate is the church kept it real simple. Right off the bat, the church starts, the Holy Spirit comes, Acts 2.42. You all have seen this before. Many of you have seen it before. So as they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. And so this is where a lot of our understandings of what does it mean to, to, to take spiritual formation serious come from. Like right here in Scripture. We get the formation from Scripture and prayer here. Um, and since the Reformation, this has been really, like the Scriptures become even more important, but the idea of Scripture and prayer just seems to be present there. We also see that this isn't just this formulation, but it's also time. It's also this action. When was the last time you actually thought about being formed while you shared a meal with someone? When was the last time that you saw formation happening in the fellowship of friends who love Jesus. My friends, that's why we do house church. Because the idea is that when we gather under the name of Christ, he shows up. When we spend time in fellowship together, breaking of bread, 
And yes, here at the communion table, but even when you're having a party at the Vasos and you're breaking bread and eating soup together, that Christ shows up in those midst. I don't think it's by accident that Jesus shows up and eats a meal with the scared people on the way to Emmaus. I don't think it's by accident that Jesus shares a meal with the disciples right before he leaves into heaven when he's there baking fish for breakfast, which is weird. But regardless, he share, meals shape us. And the early church gets this. Like, honestly, I think if you want to contradict a culture that says busyness equals success, slow down, do the radical thing of having a family meal once a week. I think that's radical. And I think we miss that. Some of you are like, I do that all the time. That's great. Keep doing it. Invite others into that beautiful rhythm. And so as we think about spiritual disciplines or practices, this is the non-exhaustive list, okay? And some of you have seen these before. Uh, there are a ton of really amazing books on spiritual formation. Um, and if you're interested, I can get you a great list. Uh, it's comprehensive and you will love it. I'm sorry. Spiritual disciplines or practices are this, and this is non-exhaustive. Reading and meditating on scripture. And some of you might be thinking like, how do I, how do I start that? Listen, if you want to begin to, to read and meditate on scripture, um, talk to Dennis Bryce. Talk to Dave Balecki. Talk to Aubrey Dom. Talk to people in your house church. How do, how do we do this? Friends, we need to like, it's like that whole like gym thing that they do. Like there's a, it's like a guilt-free zone. It's that if you're wondering, how do I grow in reading of scripture? Talk to our elders, talk to the people in your house church, talk to your shepherds, talk to the people that when they, when they talk about life, they're always connecting it back to the scripture. Those people get what it is to be formed by scripture. Prayer in this many various ways. And so what I mean by that is there is something really important. Jesus is like, he doesn't say, hey, if you want to pray, he says, when you pray, pray like this. Like this is normal life of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, that this practice of prayer is ancient. It, it, it predates Jesus, and it, Jesus makes it amazing and brings us into this beautiful space where now, as followers of Jesus, when we pray, we're actually entering into communion with the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. And we're entering into that beautiful dynamic relationship. But if you're interested in pray, in prayer, what that looks like, go to Tuesday Night Prayer Night. You're like, how do I grow in prayer in this season? I don't want to give you a book because I think that's kind of a waste of time. I want you to pray. It's that whole thing. I think that's where we have to get out of our heads. We want to intellectualize everything, and that's good. We need to love God with our minds. Sometimes, I mean, think about it. How many, like, how many classroom settings do we see Jesus teaching his disciples in? Zero. He's like, hey, you want to follow me? All right, pick your shovel up, let's go. I mean, it's like day one, on-the-job training, and that is really important because the way of Jesus' spiritual formation is not just this thing that we intellectualize, but it lives out of every single place of our lives. And we have to be reminded of that. So prayer, go to Tuesday night prayer group or ask someone in your house church, how do we pray more? Guys, that's why we do this. Uh, that's why we have Dennis and Claudia teaching us about praying the Lord's prayer together because our hope is that it forms us and shapes us and helps us to realize that these old ancient words still have life and power and the gospel so present in them. That's why when you're in house church, we say, hey, part of our liturgy is prayer. I mean, last week we got together in our house church and it was me and Bobby and there was somebody else sitting right next to me. Deborah was sitting right next to me. And we sat there and we prayed. And at the end, 
Bobby stopped because he was just crying because he felt just this burden for the people in his life that are lost. That was powerful. That shaped the way I prayed all week because I had a chance to be with someone else and watch how they pray. Silence probably never happens for most of us unless we actually begin to set apart time in our lives where we do this. And my friends, this is, Jesus did this. Like, do you all realize this? Luke 5, just write down Luke 5 somewhere on the, just so you can read all of Luke 5. Jesus calls his disciples, he heals a leper, and then he disappears. <laughs> and it says, and he often, with, he, he often withdraws to, he often withdrew to wild places to pray. Like he spent, he, he set out space and time in his busy schedule to just be with the Father. Like that was super important to him. And if Jesus did it, then that means I'm invited into that too. And I actually can do that. Solitude, they kind of go hand in hand in some places, some not. Gratitude, the, the, the practice of gratitude. All I hear from most of my friends is complaining. What does it look like if we can actually take on a, a posture of gratitude? This is like an old spiritual practice. Have you, ever, have you read the Psalms? Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. There's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of really amazing practices. If you want to learn about gratitude, man, come talk to me afterwards. I'm growing in this, and I might set you on fire because it's really helpful. Fasting, retreats, journaling, prayer walks, the ancient practice, which this dates all the way back to like, gosh, like the first early church, but worship in your car. It's amazing. Um, they found these old Priuses way back then, and they would just worship in the car. But worshiping in your car, like understanding that all the places where we do life is an invitation for formation to take place. And so for me, I'm not an expert. And this is what I've learned. Um, in the last few months, I've, I've had the, the great opportunity of, of, of in being entering into a relationship with the spiritual director. And so once a month, I make a phone call to Owen um, he is, he's from the Vineyard denomination, which are like just incredible people. And we hang out. He is part of this group of people called the Center for Sustainable Faith. And he's a wild man who loves Jesus, who was in some rock band for a bunch of years. But what I appreciated is in that time, once a month, I set apart an hour and a half and I sit down and he just pays attention to what I'm talking about. And he just notices the spirit at work. And sometimes what that does is it actually like brings up some really hard stuff. And sometimes it's just a great opportunity to celebrate. But I had this really amazing thing that happened just a few weeks ago. Um, I was in, uh, I had a really hard couple weeks in terms of just life and, and all kinds of wild things happening all around me. And just a lot of internal stuff happening. And so luckily, and I think this is how God works, is I happened to have something that day uh, with Owen. And so I, I called Owen and we meet on Zoom, which is really fun. And um, he said, how are you doing? And I just was like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, just bad. Just like, this is bad, and this is bad, and this is bad. And I said, I just feel really sad. And he stops. He said, whoa. He's like, let's just pause a minute. Let's just ask God to show us, what is that all about? And so I'm like, fine. So I sit there. I'm just quiet before the Lord. My first four minutes basically were like this. This is such a waste of time. I could have done this on my own. And then there was this moment where like my heart just calmed down enough. And Jesus says, Doug, 
This root goes really deep. I'm working in it now. And then the tears and the snots and like everything just comes. But there is this beautiful moment of recognizing, man, when we're feeling like these emotions that we experience, they're like, they're like dash, they're like lights on the dashboard just lighting up. And they're these beautiful invitations for Christ to come in and begin to speak to our hearts in those places. So like, and, and again, I think what's so cool is this relationship isn't like I sit down with Yoda and he tells me these really weird statements and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Let's talk about it. But it's more like, what have you been feeling this week? Oh, like, you know, really excited. Oh, tell me about that. Oh man, my kids are, you know, well, well where's the Lord in that? And so it's been really helpful because I'm recognizing that God is present in all the stuff. And what has been so amazing as I've looked over the last four months of this journey is that Jesus shows up and doesn't take a smoke break when I'm having a bad day. And I had this lie rooted in my head that when I'm having a bad day, Jesus is, he puts a stiff arm out and like kind of just says, hey, you need to go, you need to go somewhere else. I, I need a minute. But the fact that he's present in those moments has deeply shaped how I'm feeling. It's deeply shaped how I understand who God is. And what I appreciate, it has nothing to do with a spiritual director, but it just has all has to do saying, I want to take my formation with Christ seriously. And so part of that is I need community to help me do that. And that's what I love about Ben and I, we meet every other Wednesday and we have these conversations and like Ben calls that out of me. That's what I love about our house churches because we call that out of each other. Last week, if you guys could have been an elder meeting, the elders laid their hands and prayed for me because I just had this heaviness on my soul because I don't want to hide. That's the beautiful part about meeting Jesus and being called into being formed into his images. We no longer have to hide. We come as we are, but we never stay as we are. All right. I want to end with this. Hebrews 6, 19 through 20 says this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So do you guys know that the earliest image of the church is a boat? Uh, there is this really cool picture. It wasn't this one. This is like, I think this is probably made on some kind of Photoshop or something. But there's these beautiful old pictures and the JPEGs are really small. So you can't actually download them. But what's so cool is there's this picture of a boat. And you start to think, well, why is the boat so important? Because the early church already started to see their, their lives and their souls like Noah's Ark, that Jesus became this boat and that now we're trying to grab all these people, not just the animals, but we're trying to grab all these people to bring them on this boat to see, to see the rule and reign of Christ come. So the boat becomes this powerful image for the early church. And it's the first image that we are aware of that the church really gravitates towards. Now, the other earliest Christian symbol that we have is that of an anchor. And so what do we think of when we think of an anchor, right? Most any fishermen, women out there, we think, well, there's a good spot. I'm going to throw an anchor down and catch me some fish. And that's true for us. That's how we think of an anchor. Or when things get bad, we throw the anchor down and things kind of, we can sort of weather the storm. But the way that Paul, or we'll just assume Paul was writing Hebrews, we're not 100% sure, so don't quote me on that. But the writer of Hebrews talks about the anchor, has a different image in his mind. As he talks about the anchor, um, it's not something that was used to stay, but it was something that was used to move. 
And so what would happen in, in stormy seas and in, in rough times and, and in days when there was no wind, they would do this practice called kedging, where they would take the anchor and they would launch it forward, and then they would pull themselves by the anchor until the wind comes or until whatever has passed. So it wasn't just to stay in one spot. And this is also, I don't, I've never been in a hurricane, but what, what I've heard is that when it comes to boats, the worst thing you can do during really, really rough seas is throw down anchor. Like you will be destroyed. But this idea and what this is speaking to me in in this day is that this anchor, this beautiful passage that we have that comes to us from the writer of Hebrews is that Jesus is that anchor that was thrown ahead. And it says into the holy place or he entered uh, on our behalf in the sanctuary behind the curtain that he entered into the presence of God and, and, and he's pulling us in to that presence. When we practice, when we actually begin to say, what does it look like to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? What practices can I engage to grow? It's like we're with Christ, throwing that anchor and pulling ourselves along. My friends, if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with fear, if you struggle with shame, if you have all this stuff and it feels like the storms are raging and heavy, Dr. Phil is not going to get you out of that. Jesus, the anchor of our soul, the safe and secure one, joins with us and pulls us into that safe sea. So the more things get crazy, the more we need, to pr- we need these practices that are rooted in the traditions of the church to guide us and to guard us. When life goes off its rails and we experience fear, anxiety, loneliness, isolation, shame, guilt, it's these practices, this formation that draws us closer to God. And it helps us learn to listen to the Spirit when the Spirit speaks to us our identity. So I have a practice that we're going to do together. You guys excited? I am. So I'm going to pass these out. You a little bit of homework. Hope you have pens. I just gave you here. That's way too many. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, pass them out. If you have pens, if you don't, there's some on the back table. Um, but y'all, y'all need something to write with. And if your spouse or significant other is not with you, they're with the kids, take an extra one for them. All right, we there? So excited. <clears throat> so I, I'm really convinced that if we want to see, uh, if, if we want to see of Lansdale and Schwanksville and Hatfield and all the places where we are, I think it really starts in prayer. Like I'm just, I'm convinced of that. I don't think it starts anywhere else. And prayer is simply being intimate with Jesus. That's it. Real simple. I'm a simple guy. That's a simple definition. A couple of months ago, I had this really, this wild thing. Uh, I, I wrote a list of prayer, which some of you might be like, we do that all the time. This was like revolutionary for me because uh, I needed to write stuff down. So what we have is this. We have this, this list. And as you see, and I want to give us some time to actually go through this and do this. Um, 
So people renew family personal. I'm going to help us with the renew thing right now, real fast. Write down underneath renew that the Holy Spirit would fall and renew. Something you're going to pray, okay? That the nursery ministry would grow. That does not just mean babies. It means new people coming to know Jesus. And that we'd be attentive to the Holy Spirit's groanings. I'll say them again. That the Holy Spirit would fall and renew. That the nursery ministry would grow. And that we would be attentive or hear the Holy Spirit's groaning for us. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a few minutes and I want you to write down um, people. It could be people in your house church. It could be people that you work with. It could be whatever. But I want you to write specific prayers, um, maybe three or four people, maybe 10 people, whatever. But just like, who are the people that I sense that I need to be praying for in this season? So specifically the next four weeks, who do I need to be praying for? Now, listen, there's a, there's a spot for family. So don't throw your family in there. Okay. They're just people, nothing to do with, with you. Who are people? Take a minute and just fill that out. If you've adopted a, uh, uh, if you have a stone with a kid's name on it, it's a great place to put his, that, that, that kid, unless it's your own kid, but don't. Um, but Chase, Chase Balecki's mine. So Chase is on my list. This is my list. I'm going to switch over to the other one, but it's my list right here. Very neat in cursive, the way God wants it. <clears throat> I feel like I'm writing holy language when I write in cursive. It's really strange. I don't know. <laughs> this is what St. Paul must have felt like. He was penning. Anyway. And so when you come to family, um, that can be... Uh, that can be anybody. Who, who's your family? And some of, some of you may be like, I don't have family. And then I want to invite you to write, write this family. Write some people in this church who've been family to you. And so I'm going to get real weird here. For those of you that want to take extra credit points, uh, God doesn't give extra credit, but I do. Um, I, I wrote out three prayers for my, one for Mare, one for Caleb, and one for Kylie. And so when I pray every morning, I have, I have a prayer for my kids and my wife. It's really important for me to pray. And, um, you know, sometimes I think we have this moment where we're like, man, I really hope, I really hope my, my kids find out who they are. Um, <laughs> Tim Culp said something at an elder meeting a few months ago that just says, like, stuck with me. He said, no, no, you don't pray that they find it. You tell them who they are. So that's what I'm doing here. I'm telling my kids who they are, whether they know it or not. So family. And then last thing is personal. And so this might sound kind of strange. Um, but I'm going to read you my personal list, so that way maybe I can give you some ideas. But time management, courage and conviction, uh, health, and deeper understanding of what's happening inside of my own soul at this moment. That's, that's my personal stuff. I just want to grow in that. These are the places where I sense the Lord calling me to grow, and I want to grow in that space.
So I'm going to interrupt you because I know kids are coming back and we're going to be responding to uh, just what the Lord has spoken with a time of worship and through song. And so I want to ask you, Renew, would you commit to praying for the next month in these ways? Would you commit to joining with myself and a few others that have already been practicing this to say, yes, let's see what God might do in this. So if you're willing to join, I just want you to just stand up so that we have a little bit of accountability so I can ask you. And if you'd stay down, that's fine too. I won't guilt you or shame you. But if you're willing to join us in this, would you stand? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you so much for the fact that you don't just, you don't just save us, but you call us into beautiful life with you. Um, Lord, I pray that as we as a community take a step of formation together, that you would be super attentive to these things in which we are committing to be something that we're praying for together as a community. Jesus, I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters for the work you're doing. I pray that in this season, we would find rest and we would begin to even uh, just, you would blow off the walls and how we see you for who you are and how you see us for who we are. Thank you for your presence with us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.